0: Dear enthusiasts welcome back to the real hero talk podcast i am your host judge greg joining me today for the first time ever straight from the no time for time travel podcast the driving force behind the loosely connected network i have tony tony welcome to the hallowed halls of hero talk Thank you for the welcome. Hello, everybody. All right. So before we get too too deep down the rabbit hole, let's just for for the listeners who perhaps have not heard of you somehow because I'm pretty sure we plug you in every episode. But anyway, for those who don't know, uh, could you tell us just a little bit about loosely connected and the No Time for Time Travel podcast?
1: Uh, sure. Yeah. So I'm part of a podcast called No Time for Time Travel. Um, shorthand is NTFTT Pod. And that podcast is me and two of my friends, Quack and Lam. And we are just a nerdy podcast, talk about nerdy topics that's suggested by our listeners. Um, And we're just friends and just wanted to record our conversations because we thought it was funny. And we figured someone out there might like it. So um yeah, and then the Loosely Connected uh Network, I kind of started that uh, with uh, all the podcasts that I was listening to. And I thought it would be nice that, We all kind of like shared our listeners um, with each other because I feel like our audience may like each other's things. So, um, so yeah. So I asked you guys uh, from Enthusiasts to be part of it. um, Also, the Almost Better Network to be part of it, and you know some other ones like Talking Mm -hmm. Crass and Gamers uh, Without Borders and One one Track Gamers. So, so yeah.
0: All right. Now, now that we've now everyone knows who you are. Pretending for a moment that the same listeners who listen to me aren't the same listeners that listen to you. Now that we got that out of the way, uh, let's get into our film today. So this one, uh, I, I, but just by listening to your podcast, I know that this is a film that you enjoy. You, you shared with me today, you've seen it 30 times, give or take. That <laughs> yeah. might be a little extreme. But sure, why not? And yep. uh, since you also do a... I, I, I call your podcast a video game podcast because you do a lot of video game topics. But that's not really fair mm-hmm. because you do things that aren't also video game podcasts. Like uh, your last one was about Super Bowl commercials. Uh, dating yeah. the recording so, a little bit yeah. because it'll be a few weeks from now when we go up. But yeah, the last one that just went went live this week was Super Bowl commercials. Even though I asked you to talk about the Super Bowl game, you talked about the commercials instead. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, but I, I my uh, my co-host did talk about the Super Bowl. A he, did, bit, he did, he so. did. His
0: his takes were accurate. They really were. Although he he could have talked a little bit more about the the deep. Well, I don't know how closely he's following. I actually get the local stations, and so their biggest stories here. But like the the, the you know what? We're not a sports podcast. This is not sports talk <laughs> with Judge Greg. We're gonna we're gonna leave that. So anyway, uh, so this film is uh nineteen ninety. When did this come out? Ninety four. 95. 1995 Martial Arts Action Adventure Video Game Adaption Mortal Kombat from director Paul W.S. Anderson, although I did notice in the credits he was just Paul Anderson, so I don't know when he started adding the W.S. I think there was like another Paul Anderson
1: that was in that industry that he had to distinguish himself from him. Like, maybe a few years maybe, later? I,
0: I don't know. It was it was peculiar, because I knew it was a Paul W.S. Anderson movie, but the credits showed and it was Paul Anderson. I specifically noticed that. And another thing I noticed is like, huh, it's really odd to see a Paul W.S. Anderson movie that doesn't have Mila Jovovich in it. Oh, yeah, that's but true. I, I don't think they were married yet, because they didn't they meet at Resident... I don't know. That's We're not talking about Mila Jovovich as much as I think she could have contributed to the movie. So we're talking Mortal Kombat. As always, Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast nothing is off the table everything is fair game you've been warned so so tony i'm going to presume by the fact that you've seen this movie 30 sometimes that you're probably a fan
1: um yes and no i mean <laughs> okay <laughs> so I was a fan for the, for the movie for the longest time. And I, I think like last year, my friend was on the phone with me and she was watching it on TV. And then I just started like pretty much quoting the movie while she was watching it. And she was like, it's as if I was just there doing commentary with every scene that she's watching. So, <laughs> so I am a fan in that sense. And I always have a memory in my mind that I had such a great time watching the movie. Um, and then I watched it again for this, uh, for this podcast and I realized, hmm, I, I, it was fun, (laughs) but (laughs) it it has
0: not aged gracefully.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't seen it for a few years Mm now. Um, and, it also didn't help that this was the first time I saw it using Blu-ray. Ooh, with you yeah.
0: know the movie's not
1: <laughs> it's not really made for that it, clear no of it
0: was it was quality. not made in the high definition era and yeah, yeah. So I actually so I watched it. I was I was, I thought I was going to have to dig out my DVD, but it's on Amazon Prime. Actually, it's one of the Prime videos.
1: Oh, yeah. really? I didn't even look over there. I uh,
0: I I always check because I have a big book of DVDs, but they're not in any particular order, so I always just look to see if I can stream it before I try to dig the thing out, and yeah, as it turns out, this thing was uh was on Prime Video, so I, I watched it on on Prime Video, and yeah, it is. The big things that stuck out to me was that the CGI is has not aged well, and I remember I saw this in the theater. You did not, um, because you said you were too young and you weren't allowed to go see it. Yep, but,
1: <laughs> too young at the time. Yeah. So
0: I actually saw this in the theater, and I remember the lead up to it. Uh, and I think maybe MTV or somebody had like a special on it, and they were really bragging on the reptile effects and how state of the art they were, and how they were, you know, top of the line and the, you know, the the best and the most advanced we've ever seen. And when you look at them today, it's just scary, just how how really jarring and fake reptile looks.
1: Yeah, I, I do agree. So that was, uh, one of the first things I saw. I know this too. When the first appearance of Reptile came, I was like, wait, I, I don't remember it looking that bad.
0: Yeah. So that,
1: <laughs> it was like, a... Uh, yeah, thinking back, it was, so what, it was 95. Yeah. So that was when PlayStation 1 first got released. So compared to PlayStation 1 graphics, yeah, that looked good, but it, it yeah, it, it has not, I agree. It has not aged. No, well.
0: it, it's, it, <laughs> It did not look well, but, man, I remember them bragging on this so much. I mean, some some of the visual effects still are passable. Like, when Shang Tsung changes people, you know, the the morphing effect, those those still work. Those didn't really pull me out of it too badly. But, man, Reptile was, was bad. And, and some of the Goro scenes were not good either.
1: Yeah, Goro, he just looked like, well, okay, so the body of Goro, mm-hmm. right? He literally just looked like two guys stacked on top of each yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah, so, it was <laughs> they could have done a better
0: job of that. And he, he he looked like he was made out of plastic.
1: Yeah, and then like the parts where they kinda of close up on his face, like I just I felt very disturbed <laughs> watching those scenes. It doesn't look like a real
0: thing. It really doesn't. And I don't remember it being that yeah. bad. And I'm wondering if maybe reviewing all these movies for all these years has made me too cynical, but yeah.
1: No, it's uh I, I kinda wish it was better. Oh, and then you know the scene, um uh what's it called? Like when they were on the boat, and mm-hmm. then they were leading to the yeah. island, and then um, was it Shang Tsung raised his hands in the air, and all the CG effects, oh, and he's like, <laughs> "It has begun." Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, also the um, the the I, I'm gonna say spear for lack of a better word, but the the thing that's coming out of Scorpion's oh, gosh. hand. Yeah, yeah. That that ha- does not look good. <laughs> that looked. Yeah, that was scary for all the wrong reasons.
1: Yeah, I think um so when I was watching it when uh, I was younger, I thought that was really cool because the quality of video was not as clear as now. And um but then rewatching it, I noticed like the the keyframing of it, like the the CG
0: where it's on the hand, it moves. <laughs> like it's not like it's not perfect know, on the hand. I know, I saw <laughs> that too. Yeah. It's the the actor and and God bless the actor who played Scorpion because he's been in a ton of stuff. Chris Casamasa, He's uh he was on WMAC yeah. Masters as Black Dragon. He was a, a stunt double, I think, for George Clooney on Batman and Robin. Um. So and he's played Scorpion in, in more than one time. But man, he's holding his yeah. hand as still as he possibly can so that they can put the the thing on it. But they I'm, I, they they did it with even less care than they put on uh than they erased a mustache off superman's face really yeah it was it was like yeah. that it was really jarring to see but i i mean it it was 2000 or it's 1995 so i guess i can forgive it but i mean it's still it's well, still other, a fun movie it's just the, some of the elements well, did the, not age very well
1: yeah and then going with that spear thing like it's Okay, so I don't remember anywhere in the game where Scorpion Spear was a living being. No, I, I, I want to say,
0: that, no, this, <laughs> when this came out, uh, Mortal Kombat 2 was the game that was out now. We'd, we'd all moved on to the sequel, and you could see some elements of that in the movie. Yeah. But I want to say in both of those, the spear was definitely portrayed as a literal spear that he would throw. Yes, it was. And then all of a sudden in the movie, it's like a, a weird bird thing <laughs> that crawls out of his <laughs> yeah. head. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was like a lizard snake with bird calls like cacaw like it was so weird. It,
0: it's it I'd really I'm surprised more people weren't angry about that honestly because
1: that is true. I didn't hear well, you know, internet was still in its Yeah, infancy, that's true. We, so, we, we
0: people didn't get together and, and get butt hurt and but like I had so I had a friend in high school and he was a giant Mortal Kombat fan. I mean, the the biggest Mortal Kombat fan, everything was the Dragon he, whenever he was writing stuff he would always use K's for the hard cuss sound instead of C's <laughs> and uh. insisted on doing that and teachers would get so mad at him and he was like no I'm just K okay. Like, okay whatever dude but <laughs> uh, he loved this movie and he had no issue with that so I suppose I don't have any room to argue because he was the biggest Mortal Kombat fan and he saw this movie like 13 times in the theaters and he had no problem with the, with the weird lizard bird spear. <laughs> thing coming out of his hand but it's just weird it is really
1: weird <laughs> yeah and actually it sounds like you're describing me by the way
0: <laughs> in the, in grade school no, really at grade school yeah. weren't you a little young to be playing the fatality game i mean this was when i think i was maybe in middle school early high school uh, i'm not going to do the math in my head right now but I, I was probably around eighth or ninth grade or somewhere in there when this came out i, I was still I was not in grade school i was at least in one of the upper schools i can't remember which but i mean this was this was the game because i we i was in the theaters and we were all into fighting games then because that was that was the that was the thing in the arcades was the fighting games and i remember the first time any of us saw fatality and and man video games were not were not super violent back then i mean not at least yeah. not the mainstream ones like some you'd still get some violent pc games but I mean, you wouldn't see a dude ripping another guy's head off and the spinal column still attached or anything like that. So it was it was really nuts to see. And it, it set off the, this this whole craze. And I'm not going to go into video game history, but it I mean, there was a lot of us were just so just into it just for the fatalities alone. But you were in grade school and into this game. Uh, Yeah, I actually I, I
1: remember very clearly it was like first grade. When, um, Mortal Kombat came out. And then it didn't help that, you know, my cousins always, so I had a Sega Genesis mm-hmm. and then my cousins, um, same cousin will always get me Mortal Kombat, whichever sequel it was, uh, on the Genesis every time it came mm-hmm. out for my birthday every wow. time. So, and then my parents didn't really care because like they were like, Oh, it's, it's just a game. It's not real. So they were more of like, oh, yeah, it's, it's not real. So they didn't get like offended okay. or anything. So they just let me play the nah, game. Well,
0: that's fair. All right. So moving on. The other big thing I just want to point out before before we start talking about the cast is it was very clear when you were watching the movie who was an actual martial artist and who was not a martial artist but learned the martial <laughs> arts for this movie. Yes, that is very <laughs> is true. A, oh, the, uh, the Sonya Blade Kano fight. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I can't I couldn't watch it. I I actually just fast forwarded past it today. I watched this movie today for this recording and I just I just skipped it. I just it was so bad. <laughs> I mean, you you take a look at that, and then when you look at some of the fights that between people who are actual martial artists, and I'm thinking specifically like the Liu Kang and the Shang Tsung fight between two pretty talented martial artists, that was mm-hmm. really fun to watch until they slowed it down to a crawl on the end. Um even some of the uh, like the the sub zero and the 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 Liu kang fight was also really well done um again until they slowed it way down at the end for the ridiculous water spear whatever okay <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh
1: what <laughs> was it they used the element that brings life or something yeah like, like
0: the element that brings life when you next fight. why don't you just tell him just tell him water why are you talking in riddles
1: <laughs> yeah it's like like, like, it's not like Shang Tsung can hear yeah, her. Yeah, that's the whole
0: point. Like, the, there's no reason <laughs> to be coy and, and, and speak in riddles and stuff. Shang Tsung doesn't want you talking to him at all, so it doesn't matter if you tell him something useful or something ridiculous. I... Yeah. <sighs> I don't... And you know,
1: though, speaking of Shang Tsung, every time they're outside and fighting, like the, the, um, the katana and... Uh, Lukian fight mm-hmm. or the other one where um, Kane was fighting that other guy from WMAC yeah. Masters. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, it it felt like Enter the Dragon, like that Bruce mm-hmm. Lee movie. It just the decoration or not decoration, but the set. Yeah, felt like it
0: had it had. A, it had a, I I know exactly what you're t- saying. It had a very much enter, enter the Dragon feel to it, which I thought was maybe. <laughs> reaching a little far for this movie like i'm not i i don't dislike the movie but if we're being perfectly honest here um it's you're you're not enter the dragon you know that movie's yeah, a classic yeah. and you're sort of a, a a campy passable video game adaption movie but
1: although to be fair the video game was based off like took a lot of influence from enter the dragon it
0: yes yeah yes it absolutely did you are correct um I'm trying to look up the name of the guy, the other guy from WMAC Masters. Uh, TJ Storm, I believe he was. Oh, yeah. He played,
1: uh, I think he was the machine on WMAC I'm, Masters. I'm
0: looking him up right now because this is riveting radio. Man, you got to scroll <laughs> way down. This guy has been in a ton of stuff. I got I to gotta read some of this. He's been all over. Holy cow. This guy works. And, yeah, I, I think when I
1: first saw the movie, it was also around the same time as WMAC Masters. And um, there was a character on wmac masters that was just like Liu kang it was uh
0: you
1: remember a superstar
0: a little bit there's there's only like a handful of guys i remember red dragon yin yang man um shoot yeah red dragon was chris casimas yes that was chris casim that man yes (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so so the guy who played Superstar on WMAC Masters mm-hmm. is actually the motion capture guy for the Mortal Kombat games for oh, Luke that's Kane. cool. Yeah, so that was cool. Well, and I was like, why didn't they just get yeah, him for I'm this looking, movie? Okay, then? maybe
0: I found the wrong guy. I thought he looked like the guy, but I'm not seeing the WMAC master in his in his IMDb. So he he was uncredited, so it's very hard to find right now cuz he yeah, oh, that's why okay. I'm I'm looking all over the place, but all right, so I might not have found the guy. Doesn't matter. I can cut that part out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so lo- as long as we're talking about the cast and people that are fighting each other, let's just go down and we'll start with the big name because he was he was the big name that was attached to this movie who did not come back for the sequel, which is a recurring theme. Oh, yeah. uh, Christopher Lambert, the the Highlander. Yep. He was just Highlander the whole time. Like, I, <laughs> he really <I> was.
1: Just... <laughs> he was... <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, okay, Highlander with like lightning he, powers. Like I I could not see him as Raiden. No,
0: no. If it wasn't for the hat, it wouldn't have seen Raiden at all when he was around. Yeah. Honestly. Just but like... it's just he, he he didn't try to play like Raiden. He didn't even try to play like a god of lightning or thunder or anything. He just he just kind of played the same Highlander it's... character. Not even not even yeah. he wasn't even like Duncan McCloud. Was it he was Duncan or Connor? Uh, I don't. I don't remember. One of one of them was from the TV show, and one of them was from the movie, and I can't remember which I feel was like which. Connor Connor might have been the TV show one. No, he pl- he played Connor. I, I I'm looking him up. Yeah, oh, he, he played did? Connor. Okay. Duncan McCloud was the one from the TV show. Although he did guest oh, on okay. the TV show a couple times. So yeah,
1: you know what? And then uh, because this was when Christopher Lambert Lambert or Lambert or something when he was young, um, I realized that he looks a little bit like Thomas Jane.
0: A little bit. Yeah, he does.
1: Yeah, because I was like, is that is that the Punisher playing as Raiden? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, oh, Chris Lambert. Yeah. yeah. So the Highlander, because you got a lot of Highlander in here. And he's, I'm not going to list everything he's been in. He's been in a ton of stuff, but everyone knows him as the Highlander. Nobody knows him as Raiden. But yeah. mo- moving on. So next as Liu Kang, we have Robin Shu, who I've actually talked about on Hero Talk before. He was in uh, Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. Let's yeah. see, he's been in Beverly As Hills Ninja, Gen. he was, uh, he played Mowgli in the first live action Jungle Book. That was that him? That was him.
1: What? The, the, the one in the early 90s? Yes. Oh my gosh, I, I have that VHS. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did not know that was him. Yeah, that's him. I'm I'm trying to look up when that actually came out, because I know that was him. We've talked about him on this on this podcast before. Fine. Fine.
1: It was uh, it's funny because like for him, I saw when we when I saw him again in the Street Fighter movie, I'm like, is he only getting work for video game movies now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's and what, later when we talk about another cast member, I'll mention that again.
0: Yeah, all right, I'm I'm trying to look up the one from the '90s, The Jungle Book. I'm only getting the twenty two two thousand sixteen. I want to make sure I verify this. Why am I not seeing the the one from the '90s? Did I make this? I think it's nineteen ninety four.
1: Maybe. So. It was called The Jungle Book, right? Yeah. Just type The Jungle Book 1994. Okay. Jungle Book
0: 1994. One. All right. There it is. IMDb. And Oh, no, Jason Scott Lee played Mowgli. I am way off. Oh, okay. Way off. Okay. I got to cut that part out too. <laughs> Although fun story, Jason Scott Lee, he did play Bruce Lee in Dragon the Bruce Lee Story. So Yeah, then he
1: uh I think he he also like played in another Disney thing.
0: Uh yeah he was in Lilo usually... and Stitch oh yeah yeah he played I uh, I think he was um Lilo's sister's friend I don't know <laughs> okay we're not we're not talking about him anymore all right so Robin Chu he was not Mowgli I misremembered that but uh he was uh Jen or Gen in Street Fighter the le- the Legend of Chun Li uh he was also in DOA Dead or Alive so another what movie Wait. based in a fighting video he... game yeah he's
1: who did he play in uh, Dead or uh, he Alive? was a
0: pirate leader. Oh Okay. Yeah. So he wasn't a big so, part, no. But yeah, that's. Yeah. Part. I, I had to, I had to look that up too because I thought like I don't remember him in that movie, and I'm I'm not super proud that I've seen that movie, but I've I've seen that movie and possibly own it on DVD. I uh I also saw that movie and I wish I didn't. That was it was <laughs> not a great movie. I I didn't really I didn't watch it and love it then buy it. It kind of went like I was it was two dollars at a Blockbuster dating myself a little bit with that reference. And I said, Well, for two dollars, oh maybe I'll watch this movie and it's it's hard to watch. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's also the closest thing we're gonna get to a Ninja Gaiden movie because Rue Hayabusa is a character in that movie. Oh yeah, but yeah. I think they was, just yeah. call him Hayabusa just to, to not anyway. So that's that's Lu Kang. We talked about him. Let's uh, let's talk about Johnny Cage. Yeah, okay.
1: So I really, really like the character, Johnny mm-hmm. Cage. The actor, I have not seen in much after that movie.
0: Yeah, so I've, like, I had he had to, was pretty I had to good. look him up. Um, I've seen him in some stuff, actually. He was in Resident Evil Extinction as a character that didn't leave an impression on me. He was in uh, mm-hmm. this indie, uh, uh, perhaps horror. I don't know if horror is the right word. This indie thriller, I think it was Starved or Hungry. A Hunger is what it was called. And oh, okay. uh, I that was on Netflix. I watched that. I did not recognize him from it. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. It showed up on his IMDb, and I said, oh, I saw that. I know who that guy was. So he did not leave an impact on me. Uh, he was on Days of Our Lives for a while. Oh, it says here he's also on. he was a commander in Iron Man 3? Yeah, and I don't know who that was. I don't know if it, the commander huh, was like a rank or if he was one of, I don't know. I try to block out Iron Man 3. Yeah,
1: um... <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why no one remembers yeah. he was in there.
0: All right. Well, he played Johnny Cage. I mean, he was a passable Johnny Cage other than his his fighting was a little stiff.
1: Yeah, and I guess it kind of goes with like the whole thing about the press thinking Johnny Cage is a fake. Yeah.
0: Well, I also thought Johnny Although I will say for like in terms of guys who, you know, had to learn martial arts for movies cuz I don't believe he was a martial artist. I've I've seen nothing in his history that says he actually was a martial artist. I'm not like you know, guys like Robin, Robin Chu, who, you know, have been doing martial arts... Actually, since he was 19. I was going to say since he was in diapers, but no, that's not true. Uh, Robin Chu didn't start martial arts until <laughs> he was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. But I I think he just learned it for the film. And I, I mean, I would criticize that normally, but again, uh, moving on to Bridget Wilson as Sonya Blade. Uh, I should oh, point gosh. out she is now Bridget Wilson's <laughs> Sampras, but she was Bridget Wilson at the time for Sonya Blade. That fight was not good. Oh, it was hard. It was, I'm glad...
1: Uh, I. I'm glad there was no other fight that she had to participate yeah, she in. She
0: didn't yeah, she did not do a lot of fighting. They kind of like they let Sonia Blade's story kind of within the first hour her story was over and then she was just kind of there. And, yeah. You know,
1: that fight was pretty much the end of her story, yeah, anyway. And
0: then make of that what you want, and then she's just there to wear silly dresses from that point on. But most people remember yeah. her as uh, Miss Veronica Vaughn from Billy Madison. And I think it
1: was around the same uh time that that movie got released, right? Uh yeah, same same year. Like within yeah. a year or two? So
0: yeah, but nobody really remembers her from this, and then she did not come back for the sequel. Yeah, I'm
1: and that, you know the just while we're talking about, um, uh, Sonya Blade, I thought it was really weird that she was in the nightclub with a giant yeah, gun. that was no so peculiar,
0: right? That that scene where they're they're going after Kano, <laughs> yeah. and they go to go after Kano in this nightclub, this crowded nightclub full of people with like all their gear on and 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 their their guns out. And not only is nobody freaking out about this, but they have no issue, like, they're, like, using a gun to push people out of the way, and then they, they have a firefight. I remember one guy runs down the stairs and tries to shoot her, and he holds his, like, semi-auto Uzi sideways. Yeah. And I'm just, I am was just shaking my yeah, head. Yeah, I remember that. Listen, I was in the military. I've had to shoot guns. You don't hold them sideways. That's just not a thing you do.
1: Yeah, I, and I, I
0: don't think—I'm
1: uh, pretty sure they didn't have a budget to get a consult. Apparently on, not, on no. Like,
0: yeah. Although— I will say that she at least, she dressed like somebody who was, I, I didn't really get a good feel. Was she police? Was she military? Um, I mean, in the
1: game, her story is she's special forces. Yeah, but and she also never never wears
0: anything remotely close to a special forces uniform in the game, other than it's the same color.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's a fantasy game.
0: That it is. Okay. Um, I, I got nothing else to say about her.
1: Yeah, I, I don't either. I'm just happy that she didn't.
0: No more than, than it was so, so what she terrible. did. <laughs> she, I think we can call it fighting. It was hard. It was It was so very clear that they were like, especially when like, there was a lot of switching of camera angles. And when when you switch like mm-hmm. that, when you can't sustain the shot, that means you're trying to make it look better than it really is. It's not like when you watch some of the old Jackie Chan films. And you mm-hmm. know, it, it, you've seen a bunch of these, right? Where they just, when it's Jackie Chan and it's his entire stunt group, it's like they just set the camera against the wall and they just let it run. And these guys just yeah. do crazy stunts for 45 minutes in front of the camera at, in the same shot. Yeah. That was not what was happening here. Yeah. And then uh, and then when she was like prepping for her fight, that was so cringy. Oh.
1: Like just her just like standing oh, there. Why would then... they
0: show that? That was so awful. <laughs> that know. did not help at all. That was bad. <laughs> that made everything <laughs> it did. worse. It made it so much, so much worse. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. All right, this was not supposed to be the pick on Bridget Wilson. It's not her fault. <laughs> it's the director's fault. It's Paul W. S. Anderson's fault. Uh, so Kerry Hiryuki Tagawa played Shang Tsung, and yep. so he is. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he's a fairly accomplished martial artist. If not, he faked it incredibly well. Um, yeah, I I don't know if he is or not. Let's see. I'm 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 looking at his quick bio right now. Uh, so his looks like his dad was in the United States Army. He was born in Tokyo. Uh, he moved around a lot, again, because his dad was in the army, so, like, Fort Hood, Fort Polk, Fort Fort Bragg. Um, his mother was an actress, so probably it's how he got into it. Um, began acting in high school. So, like, it has nothing here about his, about his martial arts training. However, he's also, he coaches the martial artist who was playing Shang Tsung in the live tour, and his, in his free time, he developed a new form of martial arts. So, I suppose you gotta be pretty good okay. when you just decide to create a new form all by yourself, so... So yeah, he, yeah, he created uh, it shows Chung that he's a stunt
1: man too. So
0: so yeah, all right. So yeah, he must be pretty accomplished at that point.
1: Yeah, and you know what's interesting is uh, when they uh, they recently did uh, a online series of Mortal Kombat, like uh, kind of like a yeah. Reboot. Didn't he
0: play Shang Tsung in that? Um, yeah,
1: he played Shang Tsung again. Yeah.
0: I mean, he was, was listen, in terms of Shang Tsung, because I remember how he looked in in Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, and in 1 he was just like a super old guy, and in 2 he Mm -hmm. looked a little stereotypy, and so Mm -hmm. I think this guy looks like how I would want Shang Tsung to look. I think that this is the perfect yeah. time where it's time to say, you know what? I, I know what he looks like in the game. Don't care. This is how I want him to look. And and that's what they did. And I think that was a great choice because that could have gone the wrong way.
1: Yeah, and what's really cool is now when he played the older version of Shang Tsung, it's like he's playing the old version of Shang Tsung from the first game. Hmm. So, it hey, was that's cool. cool. Uh, I I think it's... But <laughs> but then with his other work, he was also
0: in the movie Tekken. <laughs> was he in Tekken? <laughs> As- Oh yeah. man, Kinetic is trying to get me to watch that, and I have not seen. That. <laughs>
1: wow. Oh, okay. He plays like Hey Hachi. Uh, okay, I know
0: who that is. Yep.
1: Yeah. So when I saw him in Tekken, and unfortunately I saw Tekken mm-hmm. as well, um, <laughs> I was like, Hey, is he not getting any work except video game movies? Well, so... I, th- it's it's really <laughs> it's like...
0: hard to find really good martial artists who can also act really well. I mean, it's if you think about it, there's not many of them. I can think of some martial artists who don't act very well, and I can think of some actors who do martial arts who aren't actually martial artists, but it's it's rare mm-hmm. to find a good martial artist who does act really well. It's basically this guy and Jackie Chan at this point right now, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean- Yeah, I would say Jet Li, but then his acting- Yeah, his though. acting. <laughs> it's I mean, it's, it's not great. They, they, they find ways around it, but- and I love Jet Li. Don't get me wrong. Love Jet Li, but it's basically this guy and Jackie Chan right now. Yeah. And- So I'm going to ask you, because you guys have mentioned it a couple times. Did you see, um, who is it, The Foreigner? Oh, yeah. I saw it and then saw it. Did you guys like it? (laughs) <laughs> You're scaring me uh, because don't, don't we? Get, I? I have been dying to see Jackie Chan return to form, or at least get a new s- something to. I I don't want to see more tuxedo sequels. I don't want to see him do slapsticky uh-huh. stuff. I kind of want to see him do some more serious roles. And this looked like it was going to be it. And then you guys were so lukewarm on it. I got really scared.
1: Well, the thing is, um, for an action movie, it's it's an okay action movie. Um, it's, it's also because, uh, the issue with us is that me and Lam have watched a lot of Jackie Chan's Hong Kong mm-hmm. work in which he does play serious roles, um, for some of more his more recent mm-hmm. ones. And this movie doesn't seem to be up to par to oh, those, okay. but for American audiences that have not seen his other work, it's probably a good change. It's, it's just that we, we really hope that it would have been better. Yeah. You, you're
0: you not making me excited right now for it. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know like I'm setting your expectations low so you May- might enjoy baby. it maybe I mean it. I
0: still really want to see it because it's it's Jackie Chan and i've I'm pretty sure I've seen all of his movies so far so i I can't let one slip by, but I'm gonna tell you
1: well yeah Lam lamb initially told me that he really disliked it and I kind of didn't believe him but so i I still watched it anyway so I could see I could see why people would dislike it, but I could also see why people would enjoy it okay so
0: well, we'll we'll just roll with that then. And let's let's get back to the movie we're actually talking about. All yeah. right. So, um uh, Katana, Princess Katana, who's actually a Mortal Kombat 2 character, but some Mortal Kombat 2 elements did sneak their way into this game. I uh, was played by uh, Talisa Soto. Uh, don't know where people would know her from other than if I'm to understand her profile here, she was apparently in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue in I don't know what year. Sorry, doesn't say. So if you're an aficionado out there who has all of your old swimsuit issues, you can probably go back and find her. I suppose if you're if you're that lonely. <laughs> but this got dark all of a sudden. Uh, let's um, think what I she's mean, been I'm- in. Elysium's the most recent movies that she's been in. She has not been in a ton of stuff. She was uh, she was in Spy Hard with Leslie Nielsen, so that's something. Oh yeah and she did come back for Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh man, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, that was a bad movie.
1: So you saw that before you saw this No, movie? I saw
0: them both. Both in theaters, mind you. Oh. Oh, <laughs> but, okay. Oh man.
1: Uh, I, yeah, I saw Part 2 in theaters and I I really regretted
0: it. Yeah, Part 2 was um not good. I think I think killing off Johnny Cage in the first 3 minutes was probably not the most inspired choice. Yeah,
1: I think they were trying to go with the, the running joke in the games that Johnny Cage keeps on dying. <laughs> so that could have been it. Why they just killed him off right away. But yeah. Um, okay. So I do want to mention something okay. about that is that when Johnny Cage does a shadow kick mm-hmm. in, in, um, so he has a special move yeah. called shadow kick in the first movie, the one that we're talking about. It's ambiguous and kind of realistic. Mm-hmm. I would say that as he's kicking into scorpion's teleport you don't know if he's actually doing a shadow right. kick or if it's actually if you know it's part of the right. teleport and
0: then
1: <laughs> the second movie you actually see him just jump and suddenly have shadow kick yeah he powers. he straight
0: up just does a like, shadow kick yeah I mean. they're they're really careful in in this movie to i I can't say realistic cuz that's not the right word but to not yeah. go to try to not go too far outside of believability with some of the the special moves that people do you know like you there Luke Kang did not throw a fireball he did something similar to the fireball up close and there was an effect with it and they did it in such a way that you don't know if it's just because he was doing a fireball or because Shang Tsung has super magic powers that were going off at the time you know Scorpion clearly yeah. had powers Sub-Zero clearly had powers but they they set them up to be you know, different and otherworldly. You know, the same with reptile. Reptile was otherworldly, but for people that yeah. were earth based, they didn't. You know, nothing crazy. You know, Kano had a knife, so that was there. Sonya Blade did her leg thing. Um, Liu Kang did not throw fireballs. He did do the bicycle kick, which is silly and stupid, but they just ripped that out of the game, so I don't blame him. And and Johnny yeah. Cage, you know, he did he did a pseudo shadow kick, but not really a shadow kick, but it, you know, was enough to to look like it. And then he did the ball buster too. So there, he had his signature moves in there. Yeah. Yeah, so they kept yeah. it like. But then, then in the believable. sequel, in the sequel, they they did not adopt that <laughs> same philosophy when people were turning yeah. into dragons and crap. was like
1: I remember in the sequel, like Nightwolf
0: was like, "You
1: got to learn your animality." It was like that was the worst line
0: the sequel was trying very hard to pack in all the stuff from all the remaining games to make sure everybody everybody got in there even if they're just mentioned off screen but they were too many people whereas this movie uh, part of the problem with a movie like this is that when you introduce a character let's say example art lean and i think to myself well Mm -hmm. you're not in the video games and then i think oh dear they're gonna kill that nice man aren't they (laughs) yeah yeah. And then, so the funny thing, so he has this moment where he, you know, connects with Johnny Cage, and then we don't see mm-hmm. him again until he goes to fight Goro, and everyone is like super emotionally invested in him. Like even even Sonya, who did not have any screen time with him outside of that fight. <laughs> I
1: know. It's like, uh, what just happened? Yeah. How
0: do you know? How do you even yeah, know like, him? What, like, <laughs> I, I guess, am I supposed to believe that they were still hanging out at night? Like, I never really got a good feel for how many days this tournament was going on. Was it a fight a day? Or was it like multiple fights in the same day? You know, so, you know, were they were they still having dinner together every night? And this was like a weekend?
1: And you know what's funny that you say that? Like, it, it's very, it's a tournament, but it doesn't seem like it's a tournament. And then, like near the end, Shang Tsung says something to Raiden like, "Oh,
0: the rules are quite clear." No, no they're not. <laughs> <laughs> they're really, they're <laughs> really not. It's really odd. Especially at one point where uh, when when Johnny Cage challenges Goro, and then <laughs> Shang Tsung says, "Then I can challenge you or anyone else for a final battle." I'm like, "Okay, what about the rest of the tournament fighters?" Like, yeah, that's not a tournament. <laughs> you can't just do that. Yeah. The rules are arbitrary. And so then no, it's hand to hand fighting. But then Kano gets a knife, even when he just had a scene talking about how hand to hand fighting is what he respected. So, all right.
1: Yeah. And you know, when when I was watching this with my girlfriend, and then like everyone's just fighting hand to hand. And then when Kano pulled the knife out, and she's like, wait, you can use a knife?
0: (laughs) I I was like, yeah, that's a good point.
1: Why did no one else have a weapon? Yeah, well,
0: except for when you went to a fight that had weapons, like, yeah, Lu <laughs> Kang had that random fight where, like, now we're gonna fight with staffs. And then sometimes Shang Tsung will steal the dude's soul and sometimes he won't. And then that when Goro fights Art and like Art is like really surprised, you know, that Goro's there, I think you you just showed a montage of him beating like 30 some odd people. You guys haven't been watching these to see who the other fighters are? (laughs) Did you not hear about, like, he could not have possibly had 30 some fights that day, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you know, what's also funny, I know this was every time Goro's on screen, there's these two twins in the crowd, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know if you know this, but there's these two guys, twin guys, that are they don't have a shirt and they always like scream and then they look at each other and say, Goro, yeah. And then they just like then cuts oh, to he's some got more fighting groupies. and goes back to the I don't know. Them. I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, kinda of weird that too. That was
0: <laughs> Alright, so Goro I, I should probably mention Goro was voice, voiced by uh Kevin Michael Richardson who let's see, he was uh done a lot of voice work. He was in Lilo and Stitch. He was in transformers revenge of the fallen he was the voice of the joker in the batman oh the cartoon the newer the, the newish the the one in 2004 to 2008 or so the one with emo joker I yeah think. he was he was the emo i think he had dreadlocks too if i'm re- remembering correctly that one yeah, yeah it was a. yeah i didn't watch a lot of that uh let's see he does a bunch of voices on family guy and american dad and the simpsons so very accomplished voice actor but he was the voice of goro I had nothing, no issue with the voice of Goro. Oh, he also—I did not know this. He was the voice of the Shredder in the the newer Ninja Turtle series. The one that this this had to have been the one from. uh Oh, the yeah, the animated, animated one. The this had to animated? have been like the recent one, like the one that just ended. So that was that must have been the oh, one on Nickelodeon. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that was the one. I think Quack worked on okay. some of that. Yeah, he's he was the voice in Shredder and a bunch of that. Let's see, voice of Trigon and Teen Titans. Bunch of trans- Yeah, this guy does a yeah, he does a ton of voices. including uh, a lot of additional voice work on Tangled, the series, on Disney Junior. Everybody take a shot. Oh, he's also the voice of Quincy on Puppy Dog Pals, also on Disney Junior. Yeah, I don't know any (laughs) of these Disney Junior stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it was Puppy Dog Pals. It's a big show. I know who Quincy is. Anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm scrolling through his IMDb. I've been scrolling through this entire time we've been talking right now, and I am Uh still on his 2007 work. So, oh he's, uh, so he's in DC Superhero Girls, which is something that uh, my daughter's been like super into right now. So he's the voice of Mrs. Clayface, King Shark, and Trigun. Also does the voice of, wow, Sir Oliver, Omar, and King Kamea on Sophia the First on Disney Junior. There's a lot. <laughs> wow. Wow. This guy is like, he's really he busy. Is. I, I'm st- I'm still scrolling. I am still in 2017. Let's see, <laughs> Samurai Jack. He's the voice of Demongo. Uh, holy cow he was the voice of otter in tangled before ever after which was uh the t i think that was the tv movie that set up tangled the series oh all okay. right um holy cow all right we we can't okay we have to move past this guy i, ju- I just <laughs> hit 2016 i he's so he's a very accomplished voice actor he voiced goro goro looked terrible sounded great and it's just as long as we're talking voice actors, we should mention Ed Boon did voice Scorpion, so he sounded exactly like he does in the game.
1: I thought it was hilarious in that scene, though, when Scorpion was—I guess that's hell. That's another realm when he was yeah, fighting Johnny he t- Cage.
0: He takes him to another realm. How did uh, Johnny Cage get back? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> uh, after that fight, my girlfriend was like, "So how is he going to get back? He just killed this way." Yeah.
0: back. <laughs> I wondered that too because he and first then, of all, like he he explodes, so that's not great. And then yeah. Johnny Cage apparently was carrying around his. Mortal Kombat 3 friendship. Was that 3 or 2 when he did the, the autograph, the friendship? I, I, don't, I don't remember. remember but yeah, but he had, yeah, he had the, the, he... the stupid autograph where to my biggest fan, which is like, okay, <laughs> he had to throw something in there. But let's talk about the ridiculousness of he brought that to his fight in the tournament he was in.
1: And had it in his pocket while fighting <laughs> yeah.
0: Scorpion. And it was still in pristine condition when it fell out of his yeah. pocket. So Scorpion explodes. He's stuck in a hell dimension. Like how he, how is he gonna get out? Yeah, I, I have no idea. And then it just suddenly cuts to something yeah, else. Yeah, it cuts to something else, and, and he's then... back. I, I guess, I guess I'm of yeah. the 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 belief that there's a, like a teleportation system that takes people to their fights on the island. Oh yeah, Raiden can teleport. Yeah. So I so Raiden got him. Maybe there we go. It. Raiden just came and got him. Yeah.
1: Well, it's funny when Scorpion was like kicking him, kicking the um, thing that Johnny Cage was standing on. He's like, get down here. It's like. Oh wow! The Ed Boon recorded a new soundbite just,
0: <laughs> just for, for the this movie. movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, last shout out to a voice actor: uh, Shao Khan and Reptile, voice, both voiced by Frank Welker, uh, who is you know, super famous. Uh, I couldn't possibly list everything he's done, but voice of Megatron is what I know him best for.
1: Oh, the the campy Megatron from yeah, the one cartoon? from the eighties. Oh,
0: okay. And cool. Also, Soundwave, and he he re, he did Soundwave again for uh, for the movies. And oh, I did not know this. I'm going to have to watch this crap now. <laughs> he uh so for the, the the last two Transformers movies and I I did not know this but uh for A- Age of Evolution and for I guess the last night, which may have already come out, I literally have not been paying attention. He did go co- go back to voice Megatron and Galvatron again, which is oh, yeah. Really? I, I thought Hugo Weaving did it up until that point, but apparently they just decided, yeah. hey, let's just let the dude who's been doing it literally his entire life just voice Megatron. Yeah, because like they got um
1: they got Optimus voice Peter Cullen like, it's the yep. same voice actor. So yeah, um, I remember they they didn't have. This guy for Megatron because they said he was too campy. Yeah, that's why they
0: they chose well Hugo apparently Weaving. he wasn't too campy to play him because he played him in the last movie and I did not know that until this very second and now I'm upset because I'm going to have to probably watch those and I don't <laughs> want to I really yeah, don't I, want to
1: I stopped watching it like at when Mark Wahlberg started taking over and even then I should have just stopped watching it even I watched
0: the second one and. I, I was watching the second one and I had no idea what was going on at any point in time. And I was starting to point out things like, isn't that same Decepticon in like two different scenes that are going on right now? <laughs> and then I... J- so it's just a copy Yeah, face. and then I think when it was when Sam died and went to robot heaven, I just said, you know what? I'm out. I'm done. I don't know why he's in Autobot heaven. This is ridiculous.
1: <laughs> that sounds so dumb.
0: Yeah. All right. I want to get off the cast. So real quick shout outs now. Uh, Trevor Goddard is Kano. I don't know what he's from. Chris Casamasa, we've talked about him a lot. Uh, Francois Petit played Sub-Zero, also a pretty good martial artist. Keith Cook played Reptile when he was in human form. All right, let's talk about Reptile in human form for a second. What the... Uh, I When I was in... <laughs> I'm sorry, my brain just doesn't want to process this scene. When I was in high school <laughs> um, and I saw this in the theater, I thought, awesome, now I get to see Reptile. Now, as somebody who's not in high school, and I watched this, I think, so the statue ate him and made him into a human ninja?
1: Yeah, there was no rhyme or reason. Like, (laughs) it's cool. And then, what? so okay, so the other part of it was when he, he got thrown in a statue, the statue turned him into a reptile. Suddenly, there's also a booming voice that says,
0: Reptile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the announcer voice just says, Reptile, because of course it does. Because why wouldn't? I mean, up until this point, everything that had been taken from the game in terms of the voices was Shang Tsung saying stuff. Even though he said flawless victory when when Art was was fighting Goro. And it was not flawless victory because he landed some shots.
1: They don't know what flawless victory is because Luke King said the same thing. He did.
0: He was wrong. Only one time was it an actual flawless victory. And that was when Sub-Zero froze that one dude in one shot and he shattered. After gaining a butt ton of momentum after it was frozen. That was really weird. The guy was just doing a random jump kick. And then Sub-Zero froze him. And then the guy went hum chucking into the wall at light speed. Like, what kind of jump kick was and, this guy about to do? And also, like, did they just have volunteers to do <laughs> that? Like, I'm, I'm presuming <laughs> at that point that those were outworld disciples who were willing to sacrifice themselves for the tournament. That's what I'm going with. Okay, yeah. That's,
1: yeah, that, that's, that's more thought true.
0: than Paul W.S. Anderson put into it. I'll promise you that. But, yeah, that reptile scene. I mean, other than it was nice to see... You know, reptile show up and be green and stuff because he was a hidden character in the game. Although really weird that he was announced on by somebody who wasn't there. Um, also yeah. worth noting, just because why not, is that so uh, the guy who played reptile, Keith Cook, uh, went on to play Sub Zero in the sequel, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh yeah, yeah, the unmasked yeah. one. Uh, that that's about it. Uh, he was also in Beverly Hills Ninja, so him and Robert Shu did that together. He was uh, he was the bad guy Nobu in that.
1: Oh okay. I was just thinking about the reptile fight, and I'm like, where was Johnny Cage? Johnny Cage, the
0: entire time, is just, (laughs) I mean, he's just a no-show. You know, he gets, he's like, Lou, what are you doing? And then Liu Kang grabs Reptile and tosses him into a statue, and then the statue swallows him and turns him into a ninja like statues do, and then he kicks him through a wall, through a brick wall, and a bunch of bricks land on Liu Kang's face, and then he's he's up and ready to go again, and at that point, Johnny Cage just kind of said, you know what, not my circus, not my monkeys, and I guess he was just hanging out. Never went to help. Yeah, like the yeah. whole time. Didn't even, like, give a look in and <laughs> like, be like, you alright, Liu? Need a hand? He's just hanging out. He wouldn't even show up after the fight when Katana was there to say, this way. Like, he was still he still wasn't even there. Like, they had to go find him wherever he was. Yeah, maybe
1: maybe someone grabbed him. Maybe he got lost. I don't know.
0: I I feel like there's a there's a, a mini short movie in there somewhere where like what happened to Johnny Cage during the reptile fight where he wouldn't help. Yeah. Oh that was there's there was there's not a lot. Johnny Cage complained a lot in this movie too. I forgot that. He complained a lot.
1: He did. And I so I enjoyed like, you know, seeing all his jokes and stuff. And I think it was pretty funny when Liu Kang He he just thought Liu Kang was like an errand boy, or he was trying to pay him, and then Liu Kang just like threw the
0: threw the um, took the money and threw the luggage Mm. in the water. He must have gone and retrieved it again, right? Because he still had a ton of luggage when they when they got back on the island. So yeah, and who who brings that much luggage? Like like come on. I I get the joke, but seriously,
1: just just let it go.
0: Yeah. (sighs) All
1: right. Oh, there was another cast member I want to just quickly mention is uh the guy who played uh, Liu Kang's brother. is uh his name is Steven Oh Ho.
0: yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, and he's the same guy if you watch Conan O'Brien, he's the same guy that does all oh, the stunt yeah. um scenes. Yeah, Conan brings
0: him in all the yeah. time to do uh fun stunts and stuff. I I love watching yeah, those I never segments. realized I, I really him. do.
1: Yeah, and like looking at his uh his bio, Stephen Ho's oh. bio, it's like okay, you-, you hired this accomplished like stuntman and martial artist to play a character that did
0: not yeah, do much. Yeah, such a throwaway character. But uh, yeah. he's, I mean, he's got stunts and, and crew work and stuff on all kinds of movies, like really popular movies. Spider-Man, Pirates of the Caribbean. uh What is he? Why does he have a, what? All right. So, so Tony, I'm not, I am not making this up right now. I'm looking at his IMDb page. He has mm-hmm. 11 credits as a stunt coordinator on The Bachelor. The, the bachelor. bachelor? I'm not making this up. <laughs> I I looked what? him up as we were talking. He is listed as a stunt coordinator for The Bachelor. Now, I understand that I have not seen The Bachelor in a long time, but it's still a reality show about dating, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm looking that specific thing up. It's Apparently, he directed a series of action scenes for some of the contestants.
0: I don't but know what that means. On 11 episodes? <laughs> he's listed as stunt coordinator That's... for 11 different episodes.
1: Huh. Okay, I guess. I'm. That doesn't make sense. I don't know what kind of like cont- like contest or uh, competition the Bachelor sh- has now.
0: I uh, l- listen. I will. I will admit. I have not seen that show ever. So I don't know what actually goes on on an episode. I will tell you that. But I did not believe that anything happened that would require a stunt coordinator. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. How? Oh yeah. He, I mean, he's done. He's done stunts on a ridiculous number of movies and apparently some reality TV shows. Wow, I'm so glad you took us down this rabbit hole, Tony. (laughs) What in the what? The Bachelor. I only wanted to talk about his Conan O'Brien appearance. Well, now, now we had, uh, uh oh, no, oh man, now it's ruined.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's apparently also a stand-up comedian, martial artist. Well, I mean, he's naturally pretty funny. So
0: that makes sense. All right, so this movie actually, I, I. I'm, there's no surprise to me they made a, a sequel to it. It made a ton of money. The budget was only like 18 mil, oh. and this thing got over like 120 in, in the box office worldwide. And then when you include you know all the, the take-home sales and the soundtrack, this I mean, how have we not talked about this yet?
1: Oh, yeah, the soundtrack the, is this, amazing. This was an amazing like,
0: soundtrack. It defined Mortal Kombat for... The, the rest yeah. of Mortal Kombat. To this day, people still associate the music from this movie with Mortal Kombat.
1: Yeah. So, so my girlfriend never saw Mortal Kombat until this week, and when the music came up, she's like, "I feel like I'm in the rave." <laughs> <laughs> so, so pretty accurate. Yeah. It was like you know, same kind of feel with like the music and Blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I think I I had the entire soundtrack and. uh the soundtrack. Did you listen to the soundtrack? It was like music from and inspired by Mortal yes. Kombat. Yeah. There was like there were some songs on there that were not part of the movie that were just really odd.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah.
1: But yeah, that that theme song
0: mm-hmm. gets you pumped. It does. It's uh I mean that that's the, the, the song was a huge part of this movie. The the music is what really sold it. I think mo- most people walked out of there. And it goes to show you how important music is for uh for mm-hmm a movie especially for a fighting movie like that because I mean you think of if you don't have that music you basically have dead or alive here Yeah, you know, that but is true. without the charm but the music the music can sell things especially when you think of some of the, the fights that didn't have very good music in them and how ridiculously boring those were like I don't think there was music for the Sonya Blade fight or at least not good music uh,
1: yes I, I did notice that because every other fight had pretty cool like pumping pumped up music
0: um, I think maybe because pumped Katana. up music would make it look even more ridiculous. How slow and clumsily that fight was going on. Yeah,
1: that's true. That was a very slow yeah, the fight. fight. With, uh, and the fight with Katana and um, Liu Kang was a slower fight. But then they played like flute
0: music. Yeah, what? So I guess it fit. <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous when when they start playing that music. And first, you know they're not. You know, Shang Tsung's not going to steal her soul during that fight. So, and yeah, you, you know they're not. They're not going to have Liu Kang lose this fight like there that would just be out of left field if so we made a movie based on the game and we brought in a character from the sequel and she's gonna beat the main character so there was there's no tension in this fight at all and it's only there just so Katana can say you need the element that brings life and and, which she could have just you know walked by his room and said that one day and saved us this action scene
1: yeah and it takes her to show up at the fight that so that Liu Kang would actually remember (laughs) yeah and of course, it's like she shows up, it's like, oh, the element that brings light. Oh, life, water, water. It's <laughs> like, yeah. Which he on. still
0: doesn't get until, you know, he's in the middle of his the next fight. And then he, he doesn't understand until he sees a bucket of water start to freeze. And then he thinks to himself, oh, water, and says it to himself instead of, you know, acting right away in a fight that you might kill yourself for. Eh. Which,
1: by the way, the water was left there by Raiden. so the So it's like... Why didn't Raiden just give him powers or something? But he just left water there in which he relied on Liu Kang to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that because he brought the water in before huh. the fight. Yeah.
0: Anyway. uh, So a couple, of, a couple of notes here as long as we're just talking about little funny things. I did not know this until I was doing research. Uh, Do you know that somebody else was originally supposed to be playing Sonya? Um, I did. Cameron I Diaz. Who. Yeah, Apparently that's right. She, uh, that's right. she, she broke her wrist um, training for it. She got it. injured. Yeah, she got injured um during the 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 fight
1: training, I think.
0: Yeah, she she got she yeah. injured her wrist during the fight training. And then it makes a special note here that uh Bridget Wilson did all of her own stunts including the fight scenes. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I got that. I got that though. Thank you. Yes. That's like William Hung saying he did all of his own singing. <laughs> I shouldn't be mean about it. Like I'm especially when you're brought in to replace somebody like that, you would only have so long to learn enough martial arts for the fighting scenes and it was passable for that, but I mean, it was. She very clearly didn't have the same length of time that, like, you know, Lyndon Ashby had to play Johnny Cage. Um mm. uh, see if there's any other specifics I want to talk about before we can go sort of freestyle.
1: Uh, so we can talk about whatever we want. I thought some scenes were really weird. Like there was a, the fight between Liu Kang and Sub Zero when they're going down that ramp. Like Sub Zero is doing all these flips down the ramp, <laughs> and then Liu Kang just <laughs> jumps up in the air and punches the air. Like
0: what? There was th- physics like punch- took a vacation during this movie. <laughs> I mean especially yeah. I mean bear in mind that Luke Kang is able to defy gravity and do the bicycle kick. And then he then he he kicked remember when he kicked reptile and reptile just flipped back end over end over end over end. Oh yeah, yeah. And they show the camera from his perspective. They show the camera from reptile's perspective and it's actually flipping end over And then he turns into <laughs> bugs cuz that's how that works. That's what-
1: Oh, so about that, I remember a long time ago when I was uh, watching it and talking to my friend about it um, back in like high school. And in high school, he was like, yeah, that's what reptiles eat. So, of course, when he's crushed, all the bugs will come out. I'm like, huh, that's plausible, I guess.
0: I don't know. Sure. I'm trying. I, I, I guess.
1: Yeah. There was that other scene, too, with Liu Kang, um, when the three of them were in the, the banquet hall. Mm-hmm. And they were fighting all those uh Oh, all those guys, yeah. Were, and then Luke Kang just suddenly, there's, like, this one quick scene of him. There's a rock on, like, I guess the rock part of, like, the uh, the staircase. He just, like, does a cartwheel on it,
0: and then he looks at it.
1: And it cuts <laughs> back to the other people
0: fighting. That, that <laughs> whole setup was, that premise was really dumb. If you remember, when Johnny Cage says, this way, this is the way that Katana went. And they're brushing these, like, giant cobwebs out of the way. As they go Oh yeah. And I, I I thought to myself, No, Johnny Cage, there's no way Katana went that way because you guys are pushing the cobwebs out of the way just now. So, yeah, yeah. So she that's clearly true. did not just go through there. You're an idiot.
1: That whole thing was just a setup for the joke where he was like, I can smell her yeah. perfume. So so that yeah. <laughs> and it's so that you can say, "I smell something." Yeah, exactly,
0: <laughs> it was—it's was just a setup yeah. for a joke, but it was ridiculous because there's no—they're pushing these giant cobwebs out of the way that were covering the entire archway. And he says, "She came this way." I know. I'm like, "No, she didn't," because there wouldn't be cobwebs if she did. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, when you know when when Raiden shows up after that little fight, and he points to all the other people, and uh, I—I was—I was amazed that all those people with all those weapons were able to very stealthily sneak into the room without the three of them knowing it and then just waiting until Randy yeah, finished talking they were they were waiting to be introduced <laughs> before they decided to make themselves yeah. No, it's oh boy it's it's <laughs> it's not citizen kane you know I don't... yeah there is
1: there is a lot and the, the the other nice thing though that i was watching with captions this time is that there was a lot of dialogue i didn't realize was there or i was remembering it wrong or interpreting it wrong like um when uh at near the end when uh Liu Kang was saying, Oh, I pity you, sorcerer. And then, um, Shang Tsung's like, save your pity for the weak. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I, I, I didn't realize that weak meant like, you know, strong and weak. I thought he meant save your pity for the week, like, like Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday.
0: <laughs> this is a pity free zone until the weekend, my friend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, what, That's, so save it for yeah. next week? Like, what? <laughs>
0: so as long as we're talking about that Chang that Sung fight at the end, it, so good martial arts while the two of them are fighting each other, and then, like, they try to make it really, that whole, first you must fight your enemy, then you must face yourself, then you must face your worst fear, however that worked out. I don't know, thank goodness Katana yeah. was there to whisper it to Johnny Cage so he could keep up, but... Mm-hmm. So you have the good fight scene, and then when it starts getting weird, like when Shang Tsung starts drawing on other warriors, again, wouldn't that have been a nice time to call back Art, the character that everyone apparently cared so much about?
1: That's true. And then um, my girlfriend was also asking, where what about the, the other guy, the, the WMAC master it guy? It would
0: have made a lot of sense if the peoples whose soul we just saw him steal were to come back just to kind of like cement it. You know, probably could have been uh, yeah. a pretty pivotal scene there when you see, especially you know, Art, who it was buddies with everybody. They were really close. They were all yelling and screaming and inspired. I mean, Art is he's the unsung hero of the movie because his death yeah, at the yeah. hands of Goro is what inspired Johnny Cage to be proactive and then challenge Goro to a fight in which he won, which uh, then was the catalyst to sort of get rid of the premise of the tournament and have Shang Tsung bring Sonya up, but then which then inspired Liu Kang to finally embrace his destiny as uh, the descendant of Kung Lao to challenge Shang Tsung to Mortal Kombat in order to save the world. So I wonder if Art didn't die and none of that stuff happened, would they have just been waiting to fight Goro and, and you know, would it... So what you're saying is, art is kind of like Coulson <laughs> yes. for the Avengers. Yes, yes, he is. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for for Art Lean making the ultimate sacrifice, none of that would have been possible. And he doesn't even he doesn't even get to say goodbye to everybody when all the souls of Shang Tsung are released.
1: Yeah, right. Like where was he? Because because he he yeah. knew them. He met them.
0: You don't think he'd been like, hey, by the way, thank you for that, Johnny Cage, and then left? I don't. Yeah. yeah. W- what a waste. What?
1: Yeah. A waste. But oh well. I guess that's a uh, learning point for for Paul West Anderson. Yeah. Paul Paul W. S. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's his middle name? Yeah, W. S. Yeah. Okay. Sure.
0: <laughs> All right. Oh, and there was there was so much exposition. There was a lot like, of really really painful half. exposition stuff that people should have known ahead of time that they did not know for reasons that I don't understand. And a lot of rating just like showing up and talking to people. Yeah. Or like the fate
1: of the world is going to be determined by three people on a boat or something and he starts yes. laughing.
0: Like, <laughs> And then he's like, i I'm sorry. <laughs> I
1: was like, okay, that's just, that's just, uh, yeah. that's just high that Yeah, that, all this. that, I remember
0: that was in every single one of the trailers, so three people on a leaky boat are gonna save the world, exactly. Oh, that was in every single trailer for this movie, I remember that. Yeah, I think back then there wasn't announcers um, in
1: trailers, no, right? No, you didn't get a whole there lot of the the,
0: the, the, the announcer voice guy back then. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was, uh
0: yeah. The dialogue is really clunky. I especially remember when the the three of them were, like, sneaking to overhear uh, Goro and uh, Kano and Shang Tsung talking. And there was so, Mm -hmm. so much exposition going on there that was just ridiculous. Things that you would have thought would have come up before now. Kano goes to some mysterious island, and he's working for Shang Tsung, and he never once stops to ask, so, what's going on? What's the plan here? What am I doing here? Yeah. Yeah, there was, like, and then that's where you learn
1: who Goro is. and learn where Kano was from, and yeah, it was, uh, the whole boat scene too. Every time Shang Tsung showed up, every time he was on, on camera,
0: there was exposition yeah. from him. And the so the biggest crime here is he shows up and he says, he was talking about uh, Sub-Zero and Scorpion. They had just been introduced and he says, they are bitter enemies, but under my control, they fight side by side. And it just made me think, huh, I bet, I bet there's a really good story there that you could have told us instead of just yeah giving us that line and letting it go with that
1: the first time i saw that when i saw them just like not even like acknowledge each other i was like this is weird and i was hoping that sub zero or scorpion one them break away from the spell or something and then fight each other but that never happened and it's like such a big part of the game you know like that they're bitter it's
0: a huge part of the game but it's just it's brushed aside so that we could focus on johnny cage and Liu kang and Sonya blade the three people that nobody likes to play as (laughs) yeah i mean i guess i guess i know some johnny cage people i suppose but man nobody especially in the first game nobody played as Liu kang
1: yeah and then um yeah, and actually, it took the bicycle kick from the second yes, game. Yes, the
0: bicycle kick came from the second game, because in the first game, he I mean, he, I guess he had a flying jump kick thing, and then he did the fireball, right? Did he do the fireball in the first game?
1: Yeah, he did a fireball and jump kick, and that was funny. Yeah. Flying kick. Flying yeah, kick. so...
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's Mortal Kombat. Again, I wasn't expecting Citizen Kane, and I wasn't expecting gritty realism, but wow. some. I mean, it was still—it's still fun. fun. It, it's really a fun, fun movie. movie. Listen, there are some video game movies that I cannot go back and watch again. I just can't. They're painful. I don't. I don't think I have another viewing of Street Fighter: Legend of Chun Li in me. I don't think I could do it. But, <laughs> but I mean, this one I was—it was not a bad watch in terms of sitting down just to, to watch it today. And I, I can't always say that. So you know.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I, I when I um saw it, I always like, and even until today, I always say it's the. For me, it's like the best video game adaptation for a movie. Um, and I still stand by that, even though now I still think it's not, I, now I think it's not that great, but I still stand by that it's one of the best video game adaptations.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they. So. Video game adaptations tend to go one of two different directions. There's either the we need to be very very faithful to the source material or we need to just take the source material very loosely and make our own thing out of it. And and neither one of those works especially well. You know, it's 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 not really a formula that you can do. It's all in director and script really and but mm-hmm. I would say th- this movie has some silly parts. And there's certainly some clunky parts to it, but one thing I I can say about it, and to its credit, is that it it's very much feels like Mortal Kombat. I mean, especially when the fights start and they all of a sudden some guy shows up and he has a fight, and then some other guy shows up and he has a fight, and then Goro shows up and beats like 30 people in a row, and then then there's the fight with Goro, and then the tournament kind of degrades at that point. And I wonder what like the other fighters thought, like when once once that whole Goro thing happened and Chang Sung grabbed Sonya Blade mm-hmm. and took her back to Outworld and then everyone else followed mm-hmm. her like so let's say you're not one of those three people let's say you're just another one of those randos from the tournament w- what are they doing right now are they just looking at each other wondering like so do we do we still fight or are are we done yeah are they just stuck <laughs> yeah, on the island like, are we oh is is the boat coming back anybody yeah and i i just realized
1: this whole thing takes place on an island that is still in the earth realm yes. right Otherwise, Raiden would not have his powers right. if it was not. So, how did all these magical beings exist on... Well, I guess they can. I mean, never mind. Sorry. The ninjas are in Earthrealm. So, that makes sense. Yep. It's... Uh, makes sense in yeah. my head.
0: <laughs> All right, um I, I think we can start wrapping this one up. I think I think we've talked this one to death a little bit. So now is the time on hero talk where we're gonna talk about what our favorite part of the movie was. And Tony, you're the only other one here. I'll start with you. What did you think? what was your, what was your favorite part of Mortal Kombat? <laughs> as uh, odd as it sounds, uh,
1: my favorite part was the entire reptile fight.
0: That's fair. I, I will say it was the of the of the fight scenes in the movie. that one was my favorite. It was it was very well done in term I mean, there was a lot of silliness. A lot of silliness. Yeah. But in in terms of choreographed fights, that was probably the most fun to watch. And they definitely made Reptile have an impact when he showed up, even though the whole turning statue thing was silly. Once he showed up and he you know, they they did a good job of selling that he was stronger than anybody else that Liu Kang had fought up until that point.
1: Yeah. And when I first saw that, I was just like, Oh, this looks like, you know, in, in, um, in Mortal Kombat, the game, Reptile was like a hidden character. You had to do crazy things to, to get to. And then when you fight him, he's intensely difficult. And this captured that feel of like, Oh, Liu Kang's that good. He got a bonus fight yeah. with Reptile. <laughs> <laughs> and then that fight was intense. And actually the, I think it was the fastest paced yes. one with like, it was also with
0: like the coolest music. Yes, I yes, I, I'll, so. I'll give you that. It was. It's it's very strong. Up until probably my last couple of viewings of this movie, I would have said that was my favorite part. But I'm I'm going to take it lowbrow here a little bit because my favorite part is the ball buster. Oh, wow. I mean, it's just funny. It's just hilarious. To, I know it's it's the lowest form of humor, but when he's. I mean, Goro, he's clutching himself with the bottom set of hands. The top set of hands are just sticking out. His eyes dialing. Yeah, yeah. He's just there screaming and looking like an idiot. It's just
1: it's, it's just fun. And they zoomed in. They zoomed into his eyes, like, opening yes, wide, too. Yes, they did. That was pretty I mean, funny.
0: And in terms of moves, like, if you're Johnny Cage and you're fighting Goro, like he's just decided there's there's a time, I think, as a fighter, when you have to decide, am I above this? And Johnny Cage said, mm-hmm. no, I am not.
1: <laughs> and that was funny after and he was like damn that yeah, hurt like i hurt his <laughs> hand
0: that was oh and then it must have softened him up because they the guy again the yeah when they do the very far away shot for the martial arts that's when you know you were seeing some really keyed in kicks right there but yeah uh-huh. then goro just goes down so easy after that and like well to be fair he wasn't. He was not yeah. operating a hundred percent.
1: It was so funny too because he kept telling like, um, was it Sonya and Raiden that he had a yeah. plan? And I was like, oh, I <laughs> guess that's, that's that's a good, good plan. plan. <laughs> sure,
0: he had a plan. I will give him that. He made a plan. It was a it, it was a very yeah. clear plan. But it gave Johnny Cage something to do because you know he he really he wasn't going to be the hero. You knew it was going to be Lu Kang, so he needed something to do. So I gave it to him.
1: Yeah. Although the thing that kind of bothered me about that was. He said to Sonia that he was doing it um, because he didn't want what happened to Art happen to her. And he was like,
0: not her. Like, he... It's almost like he fell in love with her from for no reason. They they definitely. I'm I'm glad I'm glad we get to talk about this now. Yeah. They so they they start off not liking each other, and then we don't see them interact at all for a while, and then all of a sudden he's like really into her, and he's trying to protect her and stuff like that. And I feel like there was a middle part there that we didn't get to see. And like, other, if it wasn't for the fact that I knew that they had some sort of relationship in the game universe, I wouldn't have bought mm-hmm. that at all. And so for somebody who might not be super familiar with the, that, the whole game lore, that would have seemed really odd. They're like, oh, so now what? They're into each other? That's random. Well, what's also kind of random, well, not random, but I don't think the game
1: lore had the relationship until after really? the Really? I thought
0: that was a thing. Yeah. is that
1: not a thing? I don't recall it in one and two. And I think it was only recently that they even got together, and now they have a daughter. Yeah, but I don't remember it. I feel like the games went with what was huh, in the movie. Maybe you're
0: right, huh? Well, then that makes it even yeah, weirder. Sure. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe going into the viewing, I probably was remembering the most recent game lore stuff, which I'm still relatively familiar with, but. Uh... Alright, I'm not gonna think about this any more than I have to because that's all right, so now now I guess we gotta give it a score, and as I am wont to do on Hero Talk, I wanna remind my listening audience that review scores are dumb and they don't matter, and they're arbitrary and they mean nothing. And you've just listened to us talk about this movie for about an hour, so if you don't know what we think about it by now, I don't see what giving it an arbitrary score is gonna do, but why not? Let's just be fun. So uh so Tony, what would what would you score in Mortal Kombat? <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, let's see. I will score it ten Mortal Kombat victories from Outworld. <laughs> it's a tenth victory from
0: Outworld. You scored it the Fall yeah. of Earth, basically. I wouldn't yes. say it's the Fall of Earth bad. I would definitely say it's getting your luggage thrown into the 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 ocean bad. So
1: yeah. That that yeah that would that's be my fair score. Too. Getting your luggage but, uh,
0: thrown into the ocean, or or no more stairs. I mean, maybe in, it's no more stairs. Maybe because that's how you feel at the end of it. Oh you're yeah, like, oh, no more stairs. Yeah, yeah, but that cliffhanger ending. Though. Oh, that that cliffhanger, and <laughs> I mean, I I guess it got a sequel, so I can't say, oh, that's cute. You think you're getting a sequel, but I felt at that point it was like, did you really need to debate the sequel like that?
1: Yeah, it almost felt like it was like one of the original like uh, post credit scenes, even though it was yeah. not post credit,
0: and, and then. He ruined their day. All those kids are there with their banners and stuff, and there's a good time, and everyone's celebrating, and then, what a jerk. Like, just just save it for a day, will you? Yeah, and that CG was, oh, was bad, too. It was so. really, really bad. <laughs> I mean, they, they basically redid that whole part for the sequel because it just looked terrible. Well, yeah, and then they had almost a almost an yeah, entire. Yeah, and then new they cast. had all different people in that scene, so they basically, hey, it would have looked really weird if you know they suddenly turn and there's three different people standing there that weren't there before. All right. Yeah. Um. So before we wrap this up, I guess Tony, do you have any final thoughts you want to want to share with the listeners out there?
1: Uh, about the movie about or anything. just anything? Or... Um, I guess not really, but you guys can check out my podcast over at No Time for Time Travel. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I manage that account as NTFTTPod, and I've been also streaming some uh, gameplay of the new Dragon Ball Fighter How Z game on Twitch. Yeah, um, I really okay. enjoy it, and I'm getting my ass
0: beaten all the time uh-huh. from that game, but it's a really fun game. It uh, it, I've I've played some of the the Dragon Ball Z fight Fighter games before, and I mean they they are hit or miss. I would say I've I'm much more forgiving of them because they're Dragon Ball Z than I really should be, but mm-hmm. th- this it has a real Marvel versus Capcom feel to it, and just in terms of of the look and the uh, the atmosphere of the game. I haven't actually played it myself, but it's uh, it intrigues me because it seems like in terms of fighting game styles, it's much much more intuitive than some of the uh, the previous iterations have been.
1: Yeah, have you um, played Guilty Gear? Uh no, I've not. Well, at least not okay. in this well, decade. Okay. Well, this game though, like it it is. It's a competitive fighter. Okay. It's legitimately a okay. competitive
0: fighter. That's pretty cool. So it's it's and a good game. Can you go Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan in it?
1: Uh, Yeah, you kind of choose the characters from the beginning. You don't transform. So the characters are okay. set. So you choose, you know, the Super Saiyan Goku or you do the Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan, like Vegeta or Goku.
0: So, um, wouldn't that be like w- once you unlock Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Goku, wouldn't that be just who you'd want to play as from then on and never base form Goku?
1: I actually prefer base form. So, the characters, it's still a fighting game compared to the So, everyone's still on even balance, uh, leveling, uh, what's a playing field? Um, it's the movesets that are different. And I honestly don't like the moveset for Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's more of like, uh,
0: teleports and, um, close combat. Huh. Okay. So, yeah. that's fair. Can you play as Hercule? Unfortunately not. That oh, would have been fun. even <laughs> even uh, Dragon Ball Z Ten Chi had Hercule in it.
1: Yeah, you can play as Yamcha and it is really ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Does he do the Wolf Fang Fist? <laughs> yep,
1: and I don't understand how it, you know, affects all these other people.
0: It's so <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> oh yeah. Yamcha alright well that's enough Dragon Ball Z talk so yeah uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to follow any links to Tony's stuff go to Enthusiax.com click on the link for the real Hero Talk on Mortal Kombat and I will have links to uh, No Time for Time Travel and the Loosely Connected Network there Tony thank you so much for coming on Hero Talk alright thank you for having me This uh, this was really fun all right, awesome. Yeah, welcome back. anytime. Will, will you come back on sometime? I'm gonna put you on the spot. You want to come back on?
1: Oh yeah, sure. And um, I was gonna see if uh if uh I think Quack would really? be interested. In oh Quack, yeah, Quack is more yeah. than
0: welcome to come on. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you could have you could have some interesting questions for him since he's an animator. Yeah,
0: wow. I would have some interesting questions for him. All right, absolutely. So keep listening here if you want to you know, hear some more stuff. You might actually hear Tony and Kwok make a, make a return to Hero Talk. Uh, in the meantime, if you go to Enthusiasts.com, you can check out some more of our podcasts, our videos, our Let's Plays, uh, our reviews, interviews. You can also find us on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Just search for Enthusiacs. And until next time, this is Judge Greg saying, Flawless victory.